Welcome back to the Return the Picks podcast, where once again we're talking all things American football and we're looking ahead to the draft. We're asking what myself, Ollie Wilson, Jazz Gillum and Dave Bluck want to see our franchises do when it comes around to selection time and looking ahead to some of the other stories around the draft and deciding whether we care or not. The only thing we really care about is this. It's either blue cheese with wings or go fuck your mother. (laughs) Let's do this. Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. I'd like to talk about our team needs for the draft. We don't have to talk about the Eagles if you don't want to. Like, don't think you can get a new general manager in the draft, though, it's trouble. It makes me feel better. I mean, that's a good not having the, the sixth. Well, we're talking about it now. So not having that's... the sixth pick and having the twelfth means you haven't got to worry about picking between Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle. You just get whoever's left or some random person no one's heard about. Let's do the rest. I'm more than aware of this. All of these things. So, where so... do you want to go next? <laughs> like. Oh, look at that quarterback room with Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts. That's a Super Bowl winning (laughs) quarterback room, isn't it? You've got the -the over-the-hill experienced, not that good quarterback that won a Super Bowl and the slowly trying to climb up a hill, inexperienced, not that good quarterback. Wow, that's something to get excited about. I mean, don't even factor in (laughs) Flacco, though. (laughs) They're finishing Ollie's face. Hey, but you shouldn't hey, even we, mention Flacco. We, it's not. It's a non. We just got you know, exclusive isn't... rights, right, to Greg Ward. All right, Greg Ward. Wow. So. Well, he was your savior last year. Yeah. He looked pretty good. Yeah, Greg Ward was our savior last year, and this team yeah. looks worse. I mean, he, in fairness, he, I'm using he's savior a fighter, bit fast yeah. and loose, considering you didn't make the playoffs and really should have won the division, but didn't. So maybe savior is the wrong word. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, a guy, he's a player, uh, you, you know, uh, that wasn't injured. A bright you know, spot, a massive, maybe? That's a massive bonus right now. Yeah. A not injured player. But then, technically, like, all of us are not injured and could potentially play football, so, I don't know. This is true, maybe too. we're in the same, same league. I'm surprised the Eagles haven't tried to draft us yet, in fairness. <laughs> uh, yeah. Give like it Blazing time. speed. Definitely could play wide receiver. Probably catch more balls than... Uh, Nelson Aguilar did for the Eagles. Okay, just quickly, just quickly. Positives. I feel like you're going for offensive line now, Jazz. I'm not. I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't know. Very quick positives. Okay, Anthony Harris being brought in. Do not mind that at all. That's a good. Pick Consistent up. starter, solid safety, a secondary that has sucked for years, particularly at the safety position. Position that's fine. Mm-hmm. Not that fussed in the same way. About the signing of uh, Super Bowl winner Andrew Adams, backup safety at Tampa Bay. But, you know, like, you know, baby steps, at least they're picking players in the right places to try and get results. Um, Brandon Graham, at least he's coming back. It's going to be useful. 
him and Derek Barnett is still a good <laughs> is rush he really that useful? on the edge. Yeah, he is. He's a great leader as well. And at the moment, when you've got a bad team, you need at least experienced people that have been very successful to lead. Okay. So, um, it's just been when you look at the roster now, compared to you know two or three it's years been ago, gutted. It, yeah, it does feel like it's been gutted, and it feels like it's happened very Fast. quickly. Yep. I know, obviously, the Wentz thing is, you know, a season ago didn't feel this way about Wentz. A lot of other people didn't as well, but. It feels like the rest of the roster as well, particularly the defense. I guess you could have seen the writing was on the wall that they were. It was an old defense. Yeah. But I don't know. It feels like who's there now? I don't really. I'm like looking. I'm like, ah, oh, who's who's playing for the Eagles now? Well, Fletcher Cox. But I mean, how long is he gonna? The same as kind of Brandon Graham. Like Fletcher Cox is younger, only by a couple of years. But you know, he's yeah. He's been there at such a high level for so long that can't yeah. be maintained. Really. That'd be um, a tail off at some point. Yeah, I still think Derek Barnett is a really solid edge rusher. Uh, I don't think he's going to, you know, make a defensive player of the year push or anything like that. I'd be amazed if he went to that sort of level. But he's a very solid, he's handy no person to have. So that's fine. Middle line linebackers in general, Philadelphia, have never really bothered with much great talent in the last few years. Uh, so I'd love to see them try and bring in somebody half-decent linebacker to make an immediate impact um darius slay is going to be about again he's fine rodney mcleod is fine there's nothing to get excited that's, about. <laughs> that's there the thing there yeah, there's nothing to be excited no, about. No, no, the jj two, the two... Osega whiteside's gonna be back jalen rager's gonna be back i mean that could have been dk metcalf and jefferson dallas Rager's year man dallas goddard his time that's a great thing for us dallas goddard is a really good tight end um yep the We've got two fantastic offensive linemen, but again, in that 30-plus bracket now in Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. Kelsey can't do it for much longer at 33 years of age, uh, particularly Super Bowl season and the last couple of years at that level. Lane Johnson obviously had his injury problems last year, which isn't great for a 30-plus-year-old lineman. Do you think maybe they need to hire new medical staff? And new physios and new strength and conditioning coaches and everything. Is this else. like the Arsenal? It feels thing. like Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Oh, they they must work on them with sledgehammers in the back room and stuff. Yeah, or just maybe. not do anything because they have obviously, unlike with the Arsenal situation where they had all had hamstrings go or ACLs go within like six months. This isn't quite as similar in the sense that they're not all suffering the same injury, but they're still all getting injured far more than the average NFL team is. There's got to be a reason for that somewhere. Wouldn't it be completely crazy and amazing if somebody who had been involved in that medical staff from the Arsenal team of like the kind of the Eagles had got himself went over to the Eagles, changed sports, went over to the Eagles, and then like you could find that out? I think you need to put your investigative journalism. Well, weird stuff happens. See (laughs) see if there's a connection. Weird stuff happens. Like um, there's a there was a groundsman very famously who was like a I can't remember he was a groundsman at like a lower league level team, but pitch was immaculate a lot, and he got hired by. Milan to be the groundsman at the San Siro. So he's this proper like Yorkshire lad as the groundsman at the San Siro. So, you know, in the wonderful world of sport, people get dragged all over the place to very peculiar places quite often. So maybe that has happened and we've taken on half the Arsenal backroom medical (laughs) staff and uh, 
just disappointed it's not the woman that used to be the doctor at Chelsea instead you know we'd have some more interesting headlines Eva Canera. So, <laughs> yeah um look the, uh, we're going to do something a little later on after we've discussed our individual franchises called should we care and there's an eagles thing coming up in that but you know this whole clinging on to the super bowl thing you can only really hold on to a Super Bowl. We were the Super Bowl champs last year, the year after. After that, it's kind of nullified and you're moving further and further away from being the Super Bowl champs. Now that whole Super Bowl championship winning team, like the best elements, are gone. So, yeah, right, now it's rebuild time. So I don't care what they get in the draft, as long as they go and get somebody that is effective and is decent value. You know, if they piss it up the wall again i don't know how harry roseman stays in that job to be honest i'm yeah. amazed more people gunning there. for jeffrey lurie as well i know he's the owner but like why people aren't banging <laughs> on his door and being like run the owner out of town it's my Jeff- team <laughs> well when some of the stuff that's come out in the last uh, few weeks about he and howie and their attitude around the place i mean i'm very much prepared now for a terrible terrible time as an eagles fan and i'll oh, lean right. into the hate so Can I just hold you off a second there Ollie? Every season, that's how you feel. So nothing's new about that because you have a bad team or an interesting, troubled GM. <laughs> if you have a good team, the yeah. year you'd won it, you were like, I, I, I hate this year. It's going to oh, be it's terrible. Eight and eight. It's eight and eight. Yeah. Or it's seven and seven. You said six and ten last year, didn't you? I mean, I was pretty close. So. You, in fairness, you were pretty close. <laughs> Nailed but it. The other, years, <laughs> the other years, you weren't so Actually, close. Actually, six and ten may have been overly optimistic at that yeah. point. So. I think I think Ollie has a level of fandom where he's so he's so invested that he can't bring himself to put forward a suggestion like a twelve and four or even like an eleven even eleven wins because it feels like putting himself out there is just too much for him to handle. Look, I fear, and I appreciate that. I fear happiness when it comes to things like sport, <laughs> and so I treat the Eagles like oh I treat. The, of course you do. You're English. The attitude what? to the COVID virus. I am prepared for the very worst things to happen mentally. So when better things happen, that's really quite pleasant. And I can lean into the small victories. But I'm prepared for the Eagles world to burn. <laughs> what a way to live your life. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But I think I'm also very vindicated in my attitude going into this year. Well, the thing is, though, if every year you start off saying it's going to be terrible, it's going to be crap, invariably at some point you're going to be very right. I mean, last year was that. Last it year was. was em- last year was embarrassing. It was awful to watch. It wasn't enjoyable to watch your team play. Like the one thing you want from being a sports fan is to at least get a kick out of seeing them. And yeah. there were two, three games where it was enjoyable. You know, the late win against the Giants late on in the year when uh, when Daniel Jones fell over. That, and Boston Scott managed to catch a front of the end zone touchdown. It, like Things like that were really, really small highlights of what was a terribly low season. So it'll probably continue. It's... Not to be like too Captain Depressing, but... What improvements well, until, have been until you, made? Yeah, and, until you get the next... I mean, what are the odds that Jalen Hurts is actually going to be a franchise quarterback? I think they're quite low. Well, he did much I mean, better it could, than Carson Wentz did last year. I think if it Hurts c- plays all year... They I know, no, no, but like, I'm talking about like a perennial pro bowler. Oh, totally, like, yeah. But if, yeah, it seems unlikely, right? 
So, yeah. Um, you know, until you find a quarterback that you can put your faith in, then, you know, yes, it is going to be. You're in the wilderness, aren't you? Do you want to know what's really annoyed me about Jalen Hurts this year? <laughs> well, Already. You've got a little smile on your face. This is so trivial, and this is just something that will probably irk me and nobody else. And you guys are like, are oh, you being ridiculous? The way he dried the ball or something. <laughs> the fact that he's changed his number this year mm-hmm. from number two to number one. That when no one cares about your number, go and win fucking games. <laughs> like, Do players normally do that, just to interrupt? Not, not, really. not once they go into it the NFL. It doesn't feel like it. It's really annoyed me that he's like, that's a concern for him this offseason, not go out and be... It, it's almost like he got confirmed that he was going to be the number one guy this year and was like, oh, I'm going to get number one on my jersey. Don't care. Go yeah. out and do extra practices for a summer because you don't look good enough yeah. to be a number one. You don't look good enough to wear number one. You don't look good enough to was lead this team to number? playoffs. Was it his college number, maybe? I'm trying to give him an out here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not the number that he's got that he had last year in his rookie year. So yeah. To change it for no reason except for, yeah. oh, I want number one. Whatever. It is weird. It's a growing trend, though, isn't it, though? Number one for QBs. I don't like I don't like players that wear number one anyway. There's an, a level of arrogance about it which kind of annoys me. Um, <laughs> God, well, so no, but in the uh, I bet. Wait, what? What is you, when Justin Fields signs to any I team mean, and he wears number one? You're going to lose your fucking mind. Who's who is the main standout wearer of number one in the last few years? Uh, Tyler Murray. One? No, Cam Newton. Three. Cam Newton. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Cam Newton's number one. Yeah, yeah. I rest my case. What did Winston wear? <laughs> Rest Winston was number three. Winston, Winston was Winston three. Move. Yeah. Ah, you're right. He was three. Which is actually what he two. Re- that was him recognizing where he should have been on any QB depth chart at any team, James. And also the number of interceptions <laughs> he threw per game. Yeah. Um, and his over- average QB rating as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Ah, oh, you'll be all right, Ollie. It's just going to be. It's going to be a couple of years, but you know, it's a great. Well, not if that GM is still picking right. the players. It might be more like ten or fifteen. Get well, rid of that I think I chump. think he's going to go. I think he's going to go at the end of this year. I think Ollie's right. I think it's yeah. not going to be a good year, and I think he's going to go. And he's uh, going to be in the full guy because Sirianni's not going to be. They've moved on. It, it feels weird. I don't even re- register that Nick Sirianni's even a, the head coach of the Eagles at the moment. Yeah, like since he got hired, barely any talk yeah. about him or anything at all. Yeah. Like it's yeah. all about Harry Rodesman uh, and Jeffrey Lurie, and it's um, and it's all about kind of the car crash that is how the roster yeah. looks at the moment. I mean, it may be good for Sirianni to be going under the radar. It almost feels like Doug Peterson is still in charge, even though he isn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel mean. like a change has been made. I don't think that he was a flashy enough signing to kind of get rid of some of the negative energy around the Eagles, and it's only kind of got worse. Mm. But on the bright side, so, your callback hasn't got 22 sexual assault allegations. Your defensive tackle hasn't just assaulted someone in Pittsburgh and given them a massive welt of an eye and broken their arm. Mm. So it could be worse. Even though it died, it's good. Yeah, basically. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, those are two you big want, pluses talk, that we could uh, take away. Let's talk yeah. Steelers or Falcons or anybody else, please. So what do I think we need to get? I definitely yeah. think we need to retool our offensive line having lost Pouncey. Um, Villanueva obviously went too so we've got a few players that need to be replaced Kevin Dotson was a very big bright spot for us last year though so I feel confident we've got two very good 
guards. It's just having the tackles and the centre to go with it. I'd love to see us get, I don't know, maybe a really positive running back. There's talk about um, Najee Harris, the guy from Alabama, being around, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could always do a cornerback help because uh, Stephen Nelson, the guy we had re-signed, then got released because he didn't want to play there anymore. I think he wanted a long-term deal that he wasn't going to get, so he got released. So we need a second cor- a second and third corner. Could do with another outside linebacker because Alex Highsmith didn't look wonderful in, in relief of Bud Dupree last year. It was only first year, so give him a bit of, bit of a mulligan on that one. And then inside linebacker would be great too. I think fundamentally that what the Steelers do this year is probably pick the best player that falls to them. That's what I think they'll do. Based around O line, running back, and somewhere in the on the defensive side of the ball, maybe in the secondary. That's what I see them doing. Or what even a linebacker. Twenty four, I think it is. Okay. That's what I see. However I've heard that there's quite a few good running backs, so that spot you'd probably be able to get one of the top three. Yeah, then more him or Travis Etienne's the guy from I think it's Clemson. But Etienne. It's, yeah. You're ETN. going to get annoyed with how it's said, but it is said Travis Etienne rather than Etienne, even though it's spelt how Saint Etienne, the French place, is spelt. Oh. Yeah. yeah, just get ready. Get ready for that every NFL ETN. game day. I'm trying to think what that sound makes me think of, Etienne. It, it irritated ATN, me maybe? for ages because until I saw his ETN. actual like name on the back of a jersey or a stat graphic come up, I thought it was something like... E-E- Double E, yeah, yeah. T E E E N, or something like that. Yeah. I was, I was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the only trouble with drafting a running back <laughs> is it's all well and good having a good running back if you haven't got an offensive line or a scheme to make it open up for them. It's a bit of a waste of time. So I feel last year's poor running game wasn't just down to having a a backfield that wasn't producing. It was also just down to having linemen who weren't either blocking properly or creating lanes or the scheme mm-hmm. was involved or I'm sure I said before that I'd read something about Big Ben always wanted to be under shotgun rather than under centre which meant that play action was kind of taken out of it and also it meant that the running game didn't really do very well either so I don't know I I still think we've got a very good nucleus of a team just have to hope Big Ben can do more next year if he can and the progression of the young receivers I think skill position wise on the outside were really really strong it's just trying to see if they can, uh, yeah, yeah, block enough it and depends, for long enough. Um, on the defense, depends how Devin Bush comes back as well. Yeah, I've got good feelings um, about how he will do because I I thought he was yeah. brilliant until he left. Um, yeah. But we did we did better with him gone than we did with Bud Dupree gone. When Bud Dupree went down, the although TJ Watt still got pressure and so did Cam Hayward and um, Stefan Tuitt, there wasn't as much complete carnage in the backfield as when D- Bud Dupree was there, which is why. Alex Highsmith has to try and take a leap or we maybe try and get someone who's really good at doing that this year but I'm not entirely convinced I've I've seen too much draft buzz about many edge players apart from one guy I think it's from Miami no. who was like 260 pounds and ran like a 438 or something stupid well <clears throat> yeah I mean feeding into the talking about the Falcons next you know that's ideally what I would want a four as well oh you don't want, did you want to trade out that pick or do you want to keep it I think they're trying to trade out of it now and they obviously might be waiting for draft night. Yeah. I would trade out of it because I think we need a lot more than just one player. What I'm worried is they're going to take this um, tight end. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. That's going to be a fire pick. Kyle Pitts is awesome. (laughs) 
Yeah, but if I've you got, think I've they were talking stuff. about it on the ATN podcast, uh, Han- Dan Hansis was talking about it. And when you go back and look at these flashy tight ends that have gone in the first round over the last few years, they really haven't gone the way you, you know, the Hunter Henrys of this world. Even the TJ Hawkinsons of this world. Yeah, TJ no Hawkinson was another one. He was, he was a, he was a high year. first rounder. Yeah, had a big... So, I don't know. I mean, the, the Pitts thing is that he... I, you know, read the kind of draft grade on him because the Falcons are going to be looking at him if they stay in four. He's more of a wide receiver, but he's just massive for a wide receiver. But he's like, he he runs almost as fast as a competitive wide receiver. You were like a four thirty-five, I think. Was it a four four he ran? It was fast. Yeah, um, it was rapid. So. But is that what we need? I mean, God, have we got enough open, pass the, catches? That would Matt. open up the middle of the field for you really well. That's the oh, thing. Yeah, but come on. I want to see a defense now. I've seen a good offense for a long time. like, And I want to see a defense now in Atlanta. So I really want them to trade out of the four and get the best linebacker available, the best edge rusher available, and build a defense for the next two or three years you know i mean they could still trade out the fourth pick and still probably get kyle pitts at say pick eight so say for example we'll get on to this and actually tell you what let's talk about the falcons trading out this pick later on because i've got some ideas of what i think will happen when okay well what first of all before the fact what do you think about so everybody's talking about the falcons maybe taking a qb yeah and i kind of got into it ollie on our like uh whatsapp chat about justin fields he's been linked with the falcons Maybe mm-hmm. he's going to be the third or fourth QB to come off the board, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? You know, as a Falcons fan, I don't want to let go of Matt Ryan yet. It seems too early to maybe do that. But what do you guys think, looking from the outside? I see no downward spiral of Matt Ryan's play that is the fault of Matt Ryan mm-hmm. at this point. That's fair. And yeah. Matt Ryan is still doing a good job with bad off like terrible offensive line help a lot of the time and not really much of an atlanta Atlanta the the offensive line the offensive line was much better last yeah but it was also then as jazz points to it was such a pass heavy offense because you don't have a running game in atlanta and it's yeah hasn't had one since the super bowl year yeah so carl shanahan left really as if it's him that made the winning game very good nah that be quiet because san francisco have had no running game since carl Yeah, so you, you're better off balancing the offense. The reason why I quite like them taking a Kyle Pitts over getting a quarterback is that, like, lean into it like the um, the St. Louis Rams did in, like, the Warner days, and it's such a pass offense anyway. And, like, Just go for like, it. Yeah, let's but no, stack no, no, it. Let's go Jones, let's go Jones, Ridley, and Pitts. You can't double coverage and all Hurst three of them. Well. Hayden Hurst as well. Hayden Hurst as well. Let's go yeah. back to that Rams team. Who do they have at running back? Yeah, obvi- obviously. But uh, Hall Falk, of Fame running back that was brilliant through Falk the tackles, played, around the outside, and also catch out the backfield. I was going to say, but Falk played wide receiver as much as he played running back in that team half the time. So, but you still, get, you had yeah, a Hall yeah, you of had Fame a you back. had a good running back, obviously. But this is a the league has changed even more to being pass heavy than it was back then. You know, it's so I don't mind them. I don't mind the idea. I think taking somebody like Kyle Pitts then just it allows you to have Ridley to continue his season that he had last year potentially potentially then opens up Kyle Pitts readily and open as well across the middle and Julio Jones still taking double coverage and still being Julio Jones 
if they manage to, I think there's a lot of sense in that because they picked up Mike Davis is is a good running back. He did very well he's, in relief of Christian McCaffrey in fairness. Yeah, <clears throat> he's good enough. Where if you had him and a young running back, if they pick up a guy, okay, if they traded back, maybe they would take a running back later in the first. But the, you know, there's good running backs that have come through in the second and third rounds. So if they if they can pick up a running back and pair him. Um, with Davis, then I think that that is enough for us to be competitive at running back, um, yep. not hamstrung by like you know, Devonte Freeman just sitting there waiting to be tackled in the backfield, yeah, or Todd Gurley doing exactly the same job, yeah, um, or no Todd Gurley so... scoring when he shouldn't score. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're looking to the future, Jazz. It's all about the future. Hey, man, baby. I'm just bringing up some things that happened last year. I know, but I'm just. I'm looking at our defense, and you know, there's two. There's two stars there. Grady Jarrett is uh, towards the top end of the league for D tackles now, and Dion Jones, when he's healthy, is one of the better linebackers, is, especially yeah. in coverage as yeah. well. Um. But I'm looking. AJ Terrell was uh, kind of all over the place. He was so up and down. He was our number one pick last year at cornerback. I don't know. We'll see if he develops in something. And then it really is just a bunch of jobbers, to be honest. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you know, I can't tell you the stats for any of these guys. Devontae Fowler did nothing last year and then he got injured as well. No, Dante Fowler's um, a player that did really well with the Jaguars when you had Calais Campbell, Yannick yeah, Gokwe, and then did well Jackson. at the Rams. We had, What's his face? Aaron Donald right next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking What's that that does face, well. yeah. That's why you look at um, Leonard Floyd at the Rams at the minute and go out with that monster contract. He was a flop yeah, in Chicago, yeah. even though he had Khalil Mack on the other side. You well, that's the thing. How well is Bud Dupree going to do in the Titans? You know, it's going to be... That's the question. It might yeah. be a similar kind mm. of thing. But yeah, yeah the, the Falcons, uh, we haven't like we haven't picked well and we haven't, um, and we haven't brought in any free agents really of note. Yeah, I mean, Dion Jones was, I think he was drafted four years ago. And then Grady Jarrett was two years before that. Those are by far our best players on defense. Yeah. And then the drop down is so savage where it's like, you don't know the other guys really. Nope. Like they, they are rotation players and they would be, you know, second, third on your depth chart in Pittsburgh. Like if at all, like, yeah. So well, that's a garbage yeah. Pittsburgh defense, remember? So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it is. Played no one. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Fair enough. Um, Jazz, you want to talk trades in the draft? Yeah. So in terms of looking at what's going to happen, so we had the San Francisco 49ers move up to the third pick. The Dolphins move to the twelfth, and Eagles and Dolphins swapping around. So oh god, no way, really. Oh cool. But San Fran gave up a lot. I think we spoke about this last time, didn't we? How much they gave up for it. Obviously to get a quarterback. So I think it depends who they pick. So if they pick Mac Jones, I think teams are going to trade up to try and get a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, one of the teams that really believes in him. But I don't know who that's going to be because I don't see the Bengals aren't going to do it because they've got Joe Burrow. Mm. It's probably not going to be the Dolphins because of Tua, but they might still jump up again and try and do it maybe. I don't know. Um, Detroit. Detroit might do it because Jared Goff is going to stink the place up. But It'd be a then... punchy move if Detroit did it. That's how you say Jared Goff. No, but... we, we don't really want you. We just had to get rid of Matt Stafford, but we've got yeah. some stuff back for it. So That would be quite fun if the Lions traded up with the Falcons to four and gave us a lot. That would be fun. That would be a kind of Lions thing to do, and then they yep. turn Justin Fields or whoever it is into garbage. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. 
I mean, that, that's a very plausible thing to happen. And it's then, who's it? Eight. Eight's um, Carolina. Carolina. Darnold. Yeah, so no. For not very much. I would have happily traded a sixth and a seventh for Darnold. Now, it's weird Haskins. Denver wouldn't try and trade up because they don't have anybody at quarterback. Oh, they believe it's in so Locke, weird. They're they? riding with Locke, aren't they? It's so like, odd. Oh, is, it, th- is it the third season of this experiment? It's like, we it had a, like He had Locke's six games at the end while. of one season. He's had a full season last year, and this is his third year. <sighs> the thing is, though, let's not forget the reports coming out that he sat down with Peyton Manning, he's learned how to break down game film, learning tendencies. And the silence says exactly what we're going to say. It's a waste of time because he's crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who's 10th and 11th. Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, 10 and 11. So they're not, they're not drafting QBT. You've got, QBT, you've got the NFC East, 10, 11, 12 at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really yeah. nice because we get to see the Cowboys and the Giants picking players that we could probably do with. Washington Jazz? They could be. They're quite higher, much further up, aren't they? Even the Patriots can even try and do it. Washington and Patriots, Patriots yeah, are 14 and, and Lions 15. then. Yeah, so I mean, I'd probably say that's the probably the, three, the, the teams that would have a, well, wouldn't have to give up yeah. everything to get there, but have to give yeah. up a lot. After you get past the 15th pick, it's it's too much to give up to get to four. And lots of those teams don't really need a quarterback. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. I think if Falcons stay where they are, you won't get five QBs, five picks. But if the Falcons move out of it, the team coming to four is going to pick a QB Mm. And then you could see the Bengals saying to themselves, right, well, we've got the last pick for the best of these five quarterbacks. Who wants it? And then another yeah, team would come I in. Yeah, I don't think five. anybody would take that. I think the Bengals would rather rather go out and get, um, They'll get the, the best tackle offensive line. So well, yeah, yeah. Pene so well. Oregon, yeah. Yeah, who looks like an absolute beast. But he is he's huge. Yeah. His, his <laughs> college game? game tape is just yeah, it's like... Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it's like um, guys Michael Orr in the Blindside movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just hits them and stands yeah. over like them for a second, and then it's like, like, oh, getting... where should I go? Oh, I guess I'll go hit him then. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, I saw a very funny thing on, I think it was Instagram, of um, Bengals fans. If you pick Suell, Burrow, Suell, ball getting completed to T Higgins. Pick Jamar Chase, Burrow, nobody sack Jamar Chase, just looking like this. Mm. <laughs> to say you can't just pick receivers, you've got to try and protect him as well. I mean, it's, if the Bengals don't pick up an offensive lineman, that's insane because you've just. Although, but if they pick up Jamar will, Chase, they they're Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Who's the other guy they've got? Who's the other one they've got? Cumber's name. Don't know. Gosh, it was Ross, but he's gone, unfortunately. So. There was another one, I'm sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But those three is a trio of receivers is ridiculous. We'll see. Speed. Acceleration, separation, size. But Tyler Boyd's big, so is Jamar Chase. It's not ridiculous, Dave. Would you want I mean, going a bit hard there? Would you want Atlanta? Well, well if to... they do it, let's find out. It doesn't scare me. I mean, I'm should not, scare uh, your Falcons defense, defense, dude. It doesn't. Well, that's 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 how much I'm rating your, well, uh, your my feelings over their receivers. Well, do you do you want Atlanta to trade out of that pick, Dave? Because isn't it fun as well like, as a fan? Isn't it is it fun more fun as a fan a top five pick? to to have a top you know like you know if it's Pitts or if they if they go you know mad and they get Justin Fields, it'll be it'll be more exciting. But you know you've got to put your sensible hat on as well. Like this is the off season where we want exciting stuff to happen because no football's going on. But like come September, 
am I going to feel better if we like trade back and do some good business and start building a defense and maybe get a good running back? I'm going to feel better. But yes, on draft night, I'll be more I'll be more juiced up if we use that top pick and go for it. And if yeah, if we go for the best, this you know crazy tight end who could play receiver as well and he turns into a phenom then yeah that's pretty exciting like we're just going to go guns away and it's going to be you know another year of matt ryan and it's going to be like okay we've got an offensive line and we're just going to throw the ball (laughs) every down and we're gonna we're gonna have to beat you 40 to 39 or whatever madden that's that's what we're saying we're playing madden football at this point yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it'll be, you know, it'll be fun, but it, it's scary and it's not like I've been there quite a lot over the last few years. Mm. I would enjoy it more to like win some games like 24 to, I don't know, 14 or something. Yeah. But... The thing with Justin Fields... <laughs> I can't so... imagine doing that, by the way. I can't imagine the Falcons winning a game like that now. Mm. <laughs> Going back to Justin Fields, the thing with him is yeah. you look at Ohio State QBs in the last 20 years, they either haven't done anything in the pros... Or they've been changed to wide receivers. I'll give you the list. Apart from Dwayne Haskins, he's the most recent Ohio State QB that got drafted. Well, he's, he's going out as well. The one before him, Dwayne Haskins, you had JT Barrett. Never heard of him before. You have Cardell Jones in 2015. Where did he go? I'm sure he went somewhere. Can't remember. Um, the one before him, you had JT Barrett. Never heard of him. Then you had... Braxton Miller, who was changed to a wide receiver in the pros. I'm pretty sure he went to the Texans. Memory tells me right. Joe Bozeman, never heard of him. Terrell Pryor, who didn't do very well as a QB and became a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Todd Boakman. Were any of these highly touted prospects, though, Jazz? Terrell Pryor was pretty highly touted, remember, from, from that. Yeah, but a sure... lot of people pre-draft already said, like, Guy's probably going to end up being a wide receiver in the NFL with Terrell Pryor. The others, not many, kind of like splashy. I don't know what yeah. the information that gives you about Justin Fields. That well, I mean, seems like the only not, thing... Not, oh, I'm not quite finished here, lads. Okay, sorry. sorry. Oh, name some more people I've never heard of. Go, 2006, you had Troy Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy. Went to the Ravens, did nothing. Okay, I do actually know that name. All right. And then, well, I'll, I'll carry on for completeness now. You had Justin Zwick, never heard of him. Zwickies. You had Craig Krenzel. Krenzels? Krenzel. And then Steve Bawasari. I mean, none of this really means that much because QBs coming from college systems are always going to struggle to adapt anyway, depending on the college system they come in from. Aside from Urban Meyer being there for like six years, I can't think of how much consistency there has been at Ohio State, but I imagine college football doesn't have necessarily... necessarily the longest tenures sometimes with keg coaches. But mm-hmm. if they, if all of these players are coming out of a similar Ohio State system or if the system has been changed over multiple years, it doesn't really make a difference. Like, it's it's not a tarnish on the school's ability to produce quarterbacks. I wouldn't ever say, like, oh, Ohio State can't produce quarterbacks that are NFL ready. Because you can lobby that at a lot of teams over, if you look at, like, the last 10, 15 years or something like that in college football. So I wouldn't necessarily say because he's an Ohio State guy he's going to flop. I just think there are better quarterbacks in in this draft. Um, Not according to Justin Fields, Ollie. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm glad he's able to <laughs> hype himself up because everybody else. He's agent. He's player. He's dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
He's, you know, I mean, the same, the same. It's going to be of... interesting if the 49ers go with him or Mac Jones, because it's kind of boring at the moment, the draft, when you look at it, in that, you know, the top two picks, you know, Trevor yeah. Lawrence is going to the Jags and you know that Zach Wilson is going to the New York Jets because the Jets saw one pass reverse across field and were like, oh, we love him. And then every other quarterback <laughs> did that on their pro day to right. show, hey, when there's no defense and a wide open receiver, I can, I can do, do that, that too. It was, it was again, one of these like annoying social media things that cropped up of like social media goes nuts over Zach Wilson's pass in an empty dome during his pro day. Yeah. And like everyone's like, oh my God, maybe he's the best quarterback in this draft and like social media overhyped. And so then every quarterback over the next two days was like, okay, we'll do it too. And then <laughs> social media just went, oh my God, these guys could do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> just... Like, do you reckon that? But who do you reckon is going three then? Do you reckon it's going to be Fields, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones? I think it's Jones or Fields. That's all the, the mock thing though with Jones, that... right? Is that again? This comes back to the same kind of criticism I just had at Justin Fields. Alabama did not tend to produce very good quarterbacks. Well, the rotation you have at Bama—that's the one thing—is that they don't. Over the last few years, if I recall, and I may be talking absolute rubbish, but I'm just trying to think. I don't think they've had guys in for like three years. You know, Trevor Lawrence. It's been the starting QB at Clemson for at least two, possibly three years, national title. Yeah, three years, I guess, um, yeah. at least. So he's a guy who has had three years of playing as a leader of that team and being a I good lost one game in two years. Yeah, I mean, he has been in that position and established himself as and knows how to fill that role. He isn't just a guy that's had one season of it. and then, I mean one year in college doesn't prepare you for your rookie year in the NFL at all. So maybe that's why Bama QBs don't. But the the difference with Mac Jones is that, as you said, Jazz, a few weeks back, all these Bama receivers have been like, first round. if I could play with any of them, but also they, they've all said, if I could play with any QB again, it would be Mac Jones. Yeah. Which they is rate him the highest thing. out of all of them. Poor yeah. Tua. So, and there's less hype around Mac Jones than Tua as well. Because people call my AJ McCarron plus. That's the problem. Yeah. Because AJ McCarron hasn't really been... He's not had a bad career in terms of being a pro, but he hasn't really been a starter. He's been a backup. And he's, From my understanding of what, when I've watched him, he's been an okay backup. He's not been someone, if you're trying to win a game and the game's on the line, start no, keeping no. goes down, you don't expect him to win you the game. He might you, not lose it for you, but... The thing is, like, do you want... Do you necessarily need a guy who's got all the physical talents? I remember Carson Wentz. It was like, you know, physically, if you're going to put a quarterback together, they were so excited about Wentz because it's like he's got all of the tools. He's got the size, he's got the physicality, he's got the arm. Like, yeah, it, it does come together sometimes. But I don't know, leadership, being able to read the game, having a sensible, like, sensible head, having good like eyes. Like these things are just as important as being able to just take your shirt off and be like jacked and be able to like run faster than anybody else on the field. I mean, look, the Cleveland Browns know. bypassed on Bo Callahan because none of his teammates turned up to his birthday and draft day. You know, these these are <laughs> things that you have to take into account of them off the pitch. And this is what all the interviews are about. I, I completely agree. Like if a guy is an athlete, a guy's an athlete. But you know, Jamarcus Russell didn't work hard at all, bombed out. Vince Young didn't work hard at all, bombed out. It's the stuff that you can't read on a stat sheet from the Combine that is mm. as important as anything. 
Tom Brady, do you remember him? He was the 199th pick, and they all said he wasn't physical enough, but he had the winning attitude to do it. I mean, it's just, that's a huge, this is why the draft that's is such a lottery. Yeah. That's But that's also why, you know, I said, like, the Justin Fields saying, I'm the best quarterback in this draft. You might be the best quarterback in terms of your skill set, and even then I think not. Trevor Lawrence is better. Yeah, But even then, like, by you saying that, you're already making me think that you're a guy that talks more than he actually produces because Trevor Lawrence is already better than you from what we've seen from college. And so, therefore, you're talking about something that isn't really true. You're just hype-monstering yourself, which isn't a great thing to have in the NFL because rather than mm-hmm. buying into your own hype, go out and execute. I don't... I don't care what any of these guys say in the build-up to the draft. I care about whether they produce on an NFL field in nine months' time. All of us should. We shouldn't give a damn about anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So I just nine nine, I nine months' time. Why nine months? I, time? I, I nine trust. Months, well, I mean, you could argue, well, that's that's playoff time, Ollie. So actually, that's the best time he's got to show what he's got. So <laughs> got to get you could you could have kept going with what you said and, and gone with it, but you just backtracked straight. I've away. been awake. I've been awake since four a.m. I am like, away with well, the fairies. That at this is point. an error. Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to trust. You've kind of got to trust Carl Shanahan a little bit. I get he's, why a lot is being staked on this on this pick. But well, um, just one second. Why have but, you got to trust him? We don't have to trust him, but he he tends to get the most out of his quarterbacks. Okay, and but then he's not, he's either one making I've, the pick, or is it John Lynch, or is it the owner, or is it all three? Well, it won't be the owner. I mean, it'll be it'll be a combination of Lynch and Shanahan. But I think Shanahan's probably the leading voice in that room. I would have thought. So do you reckon he's the leading um, voice? They got Jimmy G as well. Do we think yeah. that experiment's really worked? Granted, he was one one slightly overthrown pass away from winning the Super Bowl, and keeping uh, yeah, Mahomes' Mahomes' uh, fiance they... and brother pretty quiet. Yeah, he wasn't the one who he wasn't the one he got. So actually, there, that means though. if anything, uh, but... Jimmy G is the biggest villain of everything. Because if it wasn't for him missing that one throw to Manuel Sanders, we wouldn't and have he got to a deal. touchdown. We wouldn't have to deal with <laughs> yeah. Brittany Mahomes and his brother oh, right. giving all this, he's the best in the world! No, no, no. Shut yeah. up. Shh, shh, shh. Well, hopefully the we won't have to hear from them for a little while now. I don't know. But I'm sure that they'll start to I'm sure we'll come see back out about of it. playoff time next year. I suppose to flip it on its head, you could say, okay, well, let's do the converse of that, Jazz. Jimmy G, and he absolutely love, loves Kirk Cousins. Like, so... No, don't, you know, don't don't say that name. Maybe we no, shouldn't no, no, trust just, him. Just stop, stop, stop. <laughs> don't say that name here. It's not sounds, welcome. Sounds smart. He knows he knows his quarterbacks. So. The thing is, though, no, no. But let's go back to that. Let's go, let's go back to that narrative quickly. Carl Shanahan worked with uh, Cousins for what one or two years. That's it's it. At least two. But the, so why is everyone linking into him all the time? Because no, he's just come out and said that he likes uh, Cousins a lot. Afterwards, he said that he has and... been he has been drinking a lot since the Super Bowl. I think. So. <laughs> yeah, and the stress of this pick and everything is just building yeah. up. He's <laughs> saying pretty wild things, you know. But that's that's the thing. I just think it's a difficult thing to really truly quantify. And you're very right. The intangibles are just as important for a quarterback as the tangibles. 
but I remember when Tebow came out of university or college, sorry, the question was, was physically he's a very good athlete. Intangibly, he's won everything. He's a very good teammate and he pushes people along. But the criticism he had was his throwing motion. And he was never given, in my opinion, enough time to really rectify, change, and have a chance to flourish in the NFL. I think if he'd been given more time, he had all the talent you needed to get better. But because he was such a high-profile college player, he didn't get the time he needed. Well, there's loads of things that come into uh, whether you're going to make it in the NFL or not. Like in that situation with Tebow, should he have been sat down behind somebody for at least two years to work on his mechanics? Yes. Yep. But again, mm. there's the pressure on the owners and the head office to and put Josh the McDaniels, big, who was to, shit in the bed at that point. To put the big name, flashy name in to at least get attention because at the end of the day, um, owners at least want media attention because media attention helps the sponsors, helps their name get about the place, social media tweets, hits, all that rubbish. So... That, that's why the front office will make those sorts of decisions. But So there's that. There's the player's attitude coming into the NFL, if they think they've made it already or not, and whether they think they need to learn and work as hard and whether they do the extra hours after practice or not, how well they get on with their teammates, what their actual... Are they generally a good person? I mean, what yeah. was kind of... It was really peculiar to me how... I don't know if you watched the full Carson Wentz interview on Pat McAfee, which I know is normally Jazz's go-to quote show of, uh, oh, I watched the Pat McAfee show. And, uh... But the full interview with Wentz, because you hardly ever see Wentz speak about non-footballing things, particularly mm -hmm. for 45 minutes or so. And it was quite interesting that he came off as like a nice guy, but also like a bit of a dorky guy at times, like mm -hmm. keeps himself to himself. And that makes me think that, yeah, when you're in a city like Philadelphia and maybe the attitude like Philadelphia that rubs off on the team locker room at all or you start feeling the pressure maybe he's a bit more inward than other people would be about like being outward with the team and working on it together and maybe he just tries to take himself off somewhere remote and work on himself and that's why he didn't connect with a lot of people in that Possibly. locker room you know he's um and, and it'll be interesting to see if that changes in indianapolis apparently it's somewhere where he feels super comfortable unlike philadelphia which isn't a country boys kind of city at all well, it's funny they call Philadelphia the city of brotherly love, and yet they're the most toxic fans in the country. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I, can anyone explain to me where you that came from? You put a statue up of a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> That's your hero. <laughs> yeah. A white guy fictional character. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's but a very yeah, fair so... Point. But that, that was kind of interesting to get an insight of maybe why that didn't work out with Wentz. So you've got things like that that come into it as well, or even just like where they grew up and their attitude around a locker room. There's so many things that can change, particularly for a quarterback. So to get all of it right in one place is so difficult. Like we're, we're already talking about like potentially three quarterbacks in the first three picks, um, maybe a fourth, so four and four. Like how many, of, how many of these four do you really expect to go on and have like big careers in the NFL? One, if they're lucky at this point. And everybody, yeah. I think, in this draft would say Trevor Lawrence, except for yeah. the fact he's going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's kind of, I guess, hoping for a but, trade and, and in like two knows, years. And who knows, you know, he might get Joe Burrowed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's... What do you mean? Well, get hit and injured. Up. He, might get, he might get hit in, uh, in his first season really badly because their offensive line sucks and they'll be chasing games. So he'll be standing in the pocket longer. That's another thing for these big you know, quarterbacks gauntlet, who have barely lost in their career, like Joe Burrow, and how they 
deal with going from being on a team where you win all the time and they've won all through high school and been successful and suddenly you're playing in the skid marks of the nfl like you're at the very bottom of the underwear pile and getting beaten up all over the place <laughs> so skid marks that is an absolute wonderful uh, <laughs> description you got of away with Cincinnati words, bengals uh... there isn't it yeah but it, but it's true i mean like you're you go from being a, a complete well, you know, you winner from, all of your life to uh, skid row over yeah, and you being... go from having a college facility that's indoors and well ventilated and warm in the winter and cold in the summer to being in Cincinnati where they outdoors all fucking season yeah so there's there's loads of stuff to I enjoy some of the draft chat but then some of it it's like can we just it's nonsense but it's it's Let's the news wait. cycle isn't it you have to try and perpetuate news during this time and yeah well yeah. i do find i listen i don't know if you guys listen to daniel jeremiah and bucky brooks sometimes they go in really deep because they're both ex-scouts so they go really really technical and you know a lot of it goes over your head or certainly over my head um but i mean it is very interesting but i do get the feeling i get a lot from it but i also get the feeling i'm like god like given all of the draft history that we've got and all the evidence that we've got that so many of these players don't come through as the scouts think they will and that we're wrong about so many other players there should be more doubt in their minds like the way they talk about it is like is quite frustrating Mm because they're like the, the draft grades that grades that they give and then like i don't know i just the the industry around the draft and the scouting and stuff seems a bit like shaky ground. I I wish there'd be a bit more like we don't know, <laughs> but obviously they're not going to do that. But at the same time, it's their job. It's, it's but not it is, that they don't. It's frustrating. It's not that they're trying to say they don't know about what's going to happen in the pros, or they do know what's going to happen in the pros. They're just trying to rank them based on how they did in college. So if you're a, say for example you're a D end for Alabama and you've completely dominated everyone you've played against. But all the people you played against are just a bunch of schmucks. You're going to look brilliant, and going to, if you have a good pro day and a decent combine workout, you're going to be put up as one of the top edge rushers in the draft because, comparatively, you've outperformed everyone else you're against. But because you've outperformed everyone you're against in college, and you never know how good those people really are, you can't really yeah. truly quantify how good they're going to be against the elite. You see, that's why you're probably I, better off yeah. being on a rough around the edges college in like a strong conference because if you look good on a bang average college team when you're playing bama and you know the sec week in week out then your highlight reel really stands out because then it's like oh well you're on a bum team but you're not a bum so that's yeah, yeah. that works out kind rather of nice playing at like rather than playing as a qb like in the Alabama ivy league or something with yeah. four wide receivers who go in the first round which yeah. brings us to trey lance just quickly the other quarterback that we haven't talked about i North... know nothing about this guy so i'm please tell me everything you know north dakota state uh the only that's thing is carson wentz isn't it yeah it yeah. is yeah so it's a bad start not great eagles are probably <laughs> Imagine no the Eagles that. training from twelve oh my God. to five you, to pick Trey Lance. That? Did you see that? <laughs> oh my God, I could see that. 
I would love that so much. They do a trade, a three-team trade between the Dolphins, Eagles, and the Bengals. Bengals go from five oh. to six, the Dolphins pick. Oh. The Dolphins oh. go from six to 12 to get all the picks they got back from the Eagles. Eagles go to five, and they take uh, they take Trey Lance. Or the Eagles go insane wow. and somehow package a deal to go up to fourth to trade with the Falcons <laughs> yeah. and then go and get Trey Lance. This, this kid's out of North Dakota State. Hell of a quarterback, these guys. Now, the only thing about him, like, fairly big arm and... Um, the scouting report was very similar to Steve McNair in his kind of ability to move. Even though he's a reasonably bulky guy, he's got some wheels. Um, Just fine. It's just not the most exciting QB out of the five, really. I just want to I'm just waiting to see who the sixth one's going to be. Because we've still got a couple of weeks before the draft. There's going to be some other person who's going to come out of left field. Oh, this is going to be the third pick. It's not going to be Matt Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. It's going to be this guy. He played four games for the for Oklahoma, and he threw mm-hmm. four touchdowns in those games. But his presence was amazing, and he had terrible receivers to throw to. He's going to be the best player in the uh, that's left. So the the next one on um on a draft board that I can just see, just having a scan through this one here is uh, pick 52, the Chicago Bears. So this shows you how <laughs> badly this is <laughs> them going. Uh, Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford. Yeah, yeah God, they should, they're should. they actually well in the running to trade up as well. I, for, I forget about the Bears because I don't They're so forgettable, yeah. Very forgettable. Yeah. This is another thing as well that's on my radar and it feeds into what I was saying about um, this kind of scout culture. This is just the hype the kind of hype like we have jazz coin that goes up and down throughout shows and it's really weird it's hard to predict how jazz coin's going to do on it's this volatile. show it's volatile it's very volatile and then we have like like justin fields i just googled because we've been talking about him earlier and he's still sitting on my phone and you <laughs> plot like the way that the draft type like is he going to go higher than is he going to go three is he going to go four is he going to be and number one you, I, right so these these two like these are the first two top stories on him. The ugly narrative surrounding Justin Fields' tumbling draft stock. And that's from The Ringer, which is a um, fairly big publication. And then Super Bowl Nation, also big. Um, Golden Nuggets, the hype train for Justin Fields, is at an all-time high after his pro day. Both posted in the last 24 hours. Yep. I mean, give me... What the mm. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break, guys. Depending on which, which over again. Again. depending on which quote you want to read of his and ha- what connotation you want to put uh, in his voice, then yeah, it, it completely depends on how it's going to go. Yeah, I, mean, I like thought I was going to get more of an insight into Justin Fields as well from the um, Move the Sticks from Bucky Brooks and um, Daniel Jeremiah's podcast. They had on um, one of his coaches from Ohio State. And and he was talking about, but it was the most boring interview. Like it was ten minutes of just completely formulaic answers. He didn't say anything that I I could have just sat down and just said like American football-y kind of like touch points yeah. where it's like yeah he's got the right he's got you know the right head on his shoulders and he's he's always in the weights room he's always in the like stuff like that. Great motivation just made on this it kid. Up for you guys. Great motivation. Oh, all of those just touch points he just said and it was like oh great well thanks for coming on still don't know anything about justin fields but thanks um asshole uh, this brings me to something i wouldn't mind doing which is a little yeah. game of should i care so should you care oh, yeah. or should we care should should any of us care so these okay. these are social media things that have come out since we did our last podcast various different okay. topics 
And yep. these are things that I just want to know whether we should care or not. So the first one, this is an easy one to start, just to give you an idea of the game. This is a quote from the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, Jameis Winston, saying, I want to be throwing Lombardi trophies across boats. Should whoa, we whoa, care? Whoa. Did you did you not just say the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay quarterback Jameis Winston? Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I completely. Dude, if you're gonna read, read it properly. No, it's four a. Yeah, sorry. It's four a.m. We'll start. We'll edit. Excuse. We'll edit that out. Um, oh, Jameis Winston, trying, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Uh, trying trying to find a uh, sound effect so I can like buzz in on this. Talking about um. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can just about hear that. Just about. Yeah, Jameis Winston, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, saying, uh, I want to be throwing Lombardi trophies across boats. I really don't care. Don't care? Should we care? No. Okay. Nope. Good one. Um, here's something that annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> another thing that annoyed me is. Is this a quote now? Well, this is, is this, this, is, this is another social media post that came up. This was okay. as all the pro days were taking place, highlight footage of previous pro days of current NFL players, including a Lamar Jackson pro day where three of the passes in the video were dropped and overthrown. Okay. Should we care about current NFL players, old school pro days? Nope. Dave, you look well, I can just watch. I can just watch the real tape of them yeah, from the NFL. It's just like, for example, when you get to university, your GCSEs don't mean shit because you've done your A levels. Oh, thank God! They don't, they, they don't care. <laughs> it's, it's the next thing. If you've already had a game in the pros, that's more important than any college game tape you could ever have. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's out. Finished. It's gone. It's done. Yeah. If if you're still putting what you got in a maths test in year ten on your CV, you fucked up. It's so like much. saying, "Oh, should we look at the high school tape?" No, you shouldn't. Who cares? Who fuck I did. I did Duke of Edinburgh Gold Award, and I got kicked off for drinking. Duke of Edinburgh true Gold story. Award might. That's a true story. <laughs> Duke of Edinburgh Gold Award might be the CV equivalent of a pro day tape. <laughs> like, yeah, it but getting kicked really off for drinking mean feels anything. like uh... that. Just means you had a bad pro day. But it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's a black it just mark means against you You're not going to be invited to the combine. That's why. Okay. Um, so that's two we don't care about. Okay. So here's yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, big hype around this. Amongst the rules, rule changes being proposed this off season. Just the jersey thing. The res- the loosening of restrictions on jersey numbers. Allowing like running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, linebackers, and DBs to wear single-digit uniforms. Don't like it. I'll tell you why I don't like it. I don't like it because the Chiefs are the team that proposed it. Because, like, oh, we're running out of numbers for people because we're retiring them. Who the hell are the numbers they retired? And also, the game is only, what, sort of 70 years old? At some point, you're going to run out of numbers. Just recycle them. I understand you want to retire the number. Just retire the jersey on the side. That's it. Or give them three figures. Who cares? Okay. But it is kind of cool if you are, like, a wide receiver that wore numbers seven in college and then you get to wear that number again if it means something to you yeah but college in numbers, the nfl they have like three number sevens on a team why does it matter what anybody what number anybody wears i think it definitely helps officiating yeah okay. it's true i think it's a huge help for the officials in red 
There was the number seven. Well, he should have been the quarterback, but he was the running. But no, he was a. Yeah, I think it. I think. Yeah, but they don't. Do they learn them before? What do you mean? They just. No, but like they you just know, the number you know, the like the fifties was a linebacker or something like that. So you're keeping an eye on like maybe like people being uh, down food too far downfield when they shouldn't be on like run plays and stuff on pass plays and stuff. I don't know. I think there. Are, I think there are reasons for it being that way, such as it helps officials in certain elements. So what we're trying to say, what we should do is just have it See so it. that instead of numbers. They have like for center, they have a big C, and then O, o like you have L G for left guard, and you have W R for receiver. Name they on could the back. Do that. No, that's bad for commentary. But then that wouldn't be good for then, selling jerseys, would it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, but you could have a be, name on the it back. It would be though, terrible so. for selling jerseys. Well, it'd be awful for would be awful for commentary as well. Because if you're like, it's it? caught in the back of the end zone by the wide receiver. Wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> let me by W R. Let me hope that they hey, guys, zoom in on his jersey <laughs> for a second. You, you could do a depth chart, so you have W R one, W R two, W R three. Oh, no, I don't. I do. I do not like that. I think I just solved the problem. I so do not let's just like. Forget that. about it. Okay. Okay. We're going um, with we're going with letters now, but it has really irked me that I really don't like the fact that they're trying to get more numbers because we haven't got enough players. What happens in another fifty years? We've retired another twenty-five numbers. Yeah, what happens what, then? What happens what then, you, guys? What do you guys think about the re- the retiring number thing? Yeah, maybe they're regretting that now. I mean, like that they're retiring so many numbers, but like. Why did they start it in the first place? It's, it's American kind of a thing. weird move. American like, you don't get to just own a number. Yeah. Like, why don't you just... You, you get inducted into the team's Hall of Fame, hopefully into the Football Hall of Fame. You get a you get a huge ceremony when you leave and retire. Like, that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. I, I wonder if we also have too low a barrier for things like jersey retirements. Yep. Like, there are some well, guys... if they're running out of numbers, then definitely. There are some guys you know, that are iconic. There should only be, like, four guys or something. Like, you but, could argue yeah. that the Ravens should retire Ray Lewis's number, for instance. Like, that would be somebody yeah. that would probably deserve uh, Maybe it. Ed Reed. Well, yeah, well, he's their best player of all time, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I personally wouldn't mind, like, number 20 being... Uh, 20 staying retired for the Eagles because Brian Dawkins was a legend, even though he went to Denver in the end and stuff. There are some players that you would think deserve it but i think there are some as well like i prefer just like the little banner have a banner don't like like mcnab doesn't have the five retired at philadelphia he's just got a banner up in the rafters now i think i think it's a cool thing that like that a young player gets to step into that jersey as well take on the mantle of the poignant that's a cool thing atlanta falcons number the trouble is two this. Jersey. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs have retired <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They've retired ten. Eleven, eleven. They've retired ten numbers. Okay. One of them was for a kicker. Morton Then Anderson. they've got. Sorry. Who's the kicker? No, Morton... Jan Stenerud. Oh, okay. What's oh, also old, very old strange. Stenerudy. What's really strange is that the last number they retired was Derek Thomas's number fifty-eight. The other ones. Are all from players from the sixties and seventies. So why is it now a problem? I don't well, understand. They probably think they're going to have a whole load of numbers. They're going to need to retire in about five years when they've won like another five yeah, or yeah. four rings, and like, well, fifteen's got to go now, and we've got to get rid of uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire because now Jazz hasn't got any fancy. He's allowed to get up loads of points. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh man! See, that, that, Sammy, yeah. Sammy Watkins really... came up big in playoff games, so we should probably retire his number. Maybe he's a Hall of Fame receiver now. I don't know. Maybe whatever. He's got a ring, so that seems to make it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a ridiculous. I think we should have a super high barrier. 
for things like Hall of Fame and retired numbers. And so it seems like, like we seems like we do care about the number changing then. Yeah, just I to guess. Go back yeah, to I guess game. we do. So we do care. We do care about that. Okay, okay. that's cool. Uh, Steelers have only got two officially retired numbers, by the way. Seventy and seventy-five. Things I don't care about. Boop, 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 <laughs> boop. Yeah. Where's my buzzer? Um, Ollie, you need a buzzer. Get use that board thing. But ten. Uh, they got ten unofficially retired uh, numbers too. Uh, uh, use that fabric do... softener, motherfucker. <laughs> there we go. That that works. Um, okay. Yeah. Gaps are being filled on teams all over the place, but the biggest gap to be filled in this offseason so far. Is the Michael one between Strahan's Michael Strahan's teeth. teeth. Do we care or not? Because that was around the NFL social media stuff a lot. And some would say an unnecessary amount. No. I mean, you know. Don't care. Really. I, I mean, does Jazz care about it though? He's a dentist. I mean, yeah. well, I don't care about give it. a shit. Fair enough. Okay. Um, going back to the uh, uh, Trey Lance comparison. Shit. Do we care about current draft picks being compared what? to previous like legends of the game? Like who I like that because it helps you understand who they roughly think they're going to be. Playing style. But I'm not you... done with the numbers, by the way. I'm going back to this quickly. The Eagles have retired Donovan McNabb's number of five. Did we? And yeah. they've also retired ten numbers. But you know a team that's never retired a number? Falcons? Yeah. All right. Don't believe in it. Well, clearly. Or they, Neither do I. Or they haven't had a player good enough. No. I mean, Julio, you would have thought they would. He hasn't retired yet. So. I thought Roddy White they might have done. but no, it was a bit of acrimonious split, wasn't it? Also, he wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough no. to be a Hall of Fame. He's not going to make the Hall no, of Fame. I think to have a retired number, you have to be in the Hall of Fame. That should be an so. underlying yeah. score. That's to a good prerequisite for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good starting point. Um, yeah, so these player comparisons, I like them to an extent. Yeah, as I think you're it's saying, helpful. But I also find it a little frustrating in that it almost like levies expectation a little too high for some of them. Yep. Yeah. 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 And it's like some people, people are wildly inaccurate but, with, but I think if their, you're, yeah. if you're a big, if you're a, if you're a bit of a Dumbo like me, you kind of need that. Like somebody saying, yeah. yeah, you need somebody saying, you know, he's kind of like Drew Brees in that he's not very tall, but his accuracy is amazing. And you kind of, you just like <laughs> simple terms. Or, I'm a simple it's guy. A bit like Phil Rivers. He's I got a terrible pullout game. <laughs> I like that. That was quick. Um, quick one. Do we care about all the Bucks starters being re-signed and returning? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, know, I have complete indifference. They're a good about team. It. Yeah, indifference from Jazz. Okay, yeah. I, I think it's quite poignant. I care about it. It doesn't happen team. very often either to get all your starters back after winning a Super Bowl, and it affects my division massively. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna get bum, <laughs> bum, <laughs> bum fucked again. Oh, hit. What were you gonna say? You said like you're gonna say bum rolled. What's a bum roll? <laughs> I, was, I was in two minds about using the F word or not. Hey, so. what's up? So are you having hardcore fun? That's what that's what jazz is yeah, on about. That's oh, what that's about. hardcore fun, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so here's one. Uh, this is from the interviews with the draft picks and everything. Um, and this was on the front of one of the SI Sports Illustrated daily covers. The question for these some of these young players that NFL team's going to be asking is, are you a team player? And then the follow-up is, why did you opt out of last season then? which I think is actually a really interesting question, the second one, to ask these young kids. That's what to think, ask Jamar Chase. I, I think it's a really bad one for NFL teams to ask. 
because you've had nobody is doubting the players that opted out in the NFL. Like I've not really heard anybody being like, oh, I can't believe he didn't play last no. year. No. So to then ask that of a college kid. I, are they, so sorry, just clarify, is this a question you've thought up or is it a no, question this, they're actually this, asking? This is um, uh, just from a front page of an S Sports Illustrated daily cover. They put out a daily cover. That's not acceptable because you, well, it's, you it's know, more everybody's got their own, everybody's got their own um, reasons for it. Every, yeah, I mean, they all made, all of those players made a risk assessment when this all started. And, you know, it, we didn't quite know what the virus was when they had to make that decision as well. Mm. I, you can't blame anybody. That's messed up that they're asking that. No, but at the same oh, time, we've got to remember NFL teams have got nothing off the table when they ask questions. Remember a couple of years ago, they asked one of the prospects about how do you feel about your mum being a prostitute or something? Yeah. Oh, who was that, that? That was somebody huge as well. It was someone big. Was someone I can't remember who it was top of my head now, but it was. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So was you're it... dealing with teams and an organization that really don't care what they ask and why they ask it. They just want to ask it anyway. This was under the um, the idea of mm. college players who sat out in 2020. Hard questions and harsh realities await in the NFL. What nonsense! I mean, it's kind of I true, mean... but the COVID thing. It's always a harsh reality going into the NFL anyway. Like it's a it's a unique situation, you know, they weren't sitting out because they just wanted to play video games for a year. You know, they were scared about a vi- they were probably a lot of these players they were like it, they were worried about family members and stuff, you know, they were like if I play, I'm not going to be able to see any family like I'm exponentially putting eld- elderly members of my family at risk. Mm by playing football you can see that connection it's not it wasn't like a necessarily about them and it certainly wouldn't have been about their teammates it's probably about them protecting or thinking that they were protecting like you know people that they loved like it's outrageous to on the I converse know, i hate that shit on the converse someone like jamar chase yeah. who played on the championship winning lsu tigers lost a plethora of their players because they all went to the draft and got drafted very highly comes back to play in a basically a bum team. He goes from being the number one receiver in this draft or would have been last year's draft as well and his stock could drop. Just like we said when we were talking to Marlon. Yeah, he was, was saying that when this. he came back for his season mm. if he hadn't come back for it he had a second round grade on him because he came back for it. He went undrafted? All very late. Or was it yeah. a sixth or a seventh maybe? I can't entirely remember off the top of my head. I think it might be undrafted. Marlon. Yeah. yeah, I think Marlon he was, was undrafted. undrafted yeah. 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 And so that's think of that from a point of view of earning money. So if you and I did that and I went in the second round, you weren't undrafted, I'm not guaranteed a spot, but I've got a much better chance of being on a roster for at least one to two or three years. Undrafted, you're fighting tooth and nail just to make a roster to begin with. Well, you actually get some money, you get a signing bonus as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and so a second round pick gets a much bigger signing bonus than undrafted yeah. free agent does. So you've got to think of yeah, it that yeah. way. So if I was Jamar Chase. I would have sat out because I didn't want to play knowing that my draft stock would get ruined and also I'm risking injury. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah, have, that's another, so that's it's a, a, such a good so point. So I can understand the reason why, why the teams are asking that. Because if you said, for example, that if you had, again, I'm, just used, I'm going to keep using Jamar Chase just because he's a very good example of this. Say, for example, he's from Louisiana and his family live not far from where he's living in, in college and he hasn't got to, he wants to see them a lot. Fair enough. Cool. That's a good reason to not have played. If he plays in Louisiana, but he actually his family live in California, 
then you and he can't never sees them use anyway. the family excuse as a reason why you didn't play. Mm. Yeah. So I can understand why they want to ask, but at the same time, it's none of their business. Not one little bit. I don't think so. Because I think in such choice. a in such an exceptional, you know, once yeah. in a hundred year storm situation. Yeah. You know, I don't think you should be judging people on because you, you can't because it, it's not as if once you upped out you could then suddenly come back in and and just pick up things up like normal it's also yeah you had to make a decision under yeah. a lot of pressure when you're a young young person you're just doing the best you think yeah if you're right. in NFL fair enough but yeah, so, if you're doing it in college you're also going to be so, so we do care we, about we do, it we do care about yeah. it but we we don't agree with we don't it. agree but we care <laughs> so we know we care because we, we don't want them to do it that's yeah. it yeah so this is yeah. these these last bits are just off the uh, these aren't part of the do we care or not these are just some uh, interesting tidbits see if you've got any reaction to any of them at all. Uh, the first one is quite a simple one. Whose career would you rather have, um, Shady McCoy or Julian Edelman? I'll read out each ones in just a moment. The kind of accolades and do either of them deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Shady McCoy, a two-time Super Bowl champion a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, NFL rushing yard leader in 2013, NFL touchdown leader in 2011, the NFL 2010 All-Decade team member, and exactly 15,000 yards from scrimmage. Julian Edelman, three Super Bowl rings, Super Bowl MVP, New England Patriot 2010 All-Decade team. Julian Edelman. So I think that for the Hall of Fame, you need to have been one of the best players at your position for a sustained period of time not just you had one pro bowl mm-hmm. two or three pro bowls or a couple of all pros you need to be one of the best players you position for a sustained period in mm-hmm. fairness if you make the all decade team it's hard to argue that's, that that's not that's the one that's a real tough one but the, but hang on this we're not talking about whether i'm not saying julian edmund is going to go to the hall of fame shady's got you know a much better chance of that oh um, why is that i'm just saying but why, you why, said why, you why said, that dave well, I said both. I said, whose career do you rather have? And do either one oh, go sorry. to the Hall of Fame? Because this is a talk. I the There's been a lot of talk as with Edelman announcing his retirement that he deserves to go to the Hall of Fame. And Shady came out and was like... I don't think that he does deserve to go to the Hall of Fame. Not at all. Edelman, not at all. No. I, I find it weird. He, he's, he hasn't been the best player at his position in the regular... He hasn't been a top five player in his position in the he's regular the season. He's the number two re- player in, um, in receiving yards and playoff history. That's fine, but that's also that doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame because playoffs is such a splash in the moment. Well, that's why I'd rather have his career because, like, when it mattered the most, he had the most amazing games, and everybody's going to remember him. That's watched football from the last ten years, so I'd rather have had his career. And you got three rings, so like, you don't care what anybody thinks about you. Yeah, like Shady McCoy, in a way, you could say has had a slightly disappointing like career in terms of results. In terms of like teams um, and wins and stuff, I don't know. I just think if you make the all decade team, I think that shows the dominance you've had in that whole decade, though. Shady was probably it one does. of the best running backs when he was in Philadelphia, um, and he yeah. only got shipped out because of old Chip. I'm a racist, Kelly. But those, but those teams weren't super successful. So I'm just saying that like I would rather have Julian Edelman's career, um, mm. but I don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame. I think it'd be weird. I think it's weird if. Edelman goes to the Hall of Fame. It seems like a weird move. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm surprised he's getting buzz about it. Where was he on the All Decade team, Edelman? 
He wasn't on the 2010 All Deco no, no. team. He was on the New England he was Patriots. On the, the, the Pats. Oh, uh, sorry. I thought you said he was on the NFL. No, no. One. He was the New England no. Patriots 2010 All Deco. Then, team. yeah, the Shady would win it then. Because if you look at the, the 2000s NFL All Deco team, every player who was a first team All Decade of that thing, aside from Tom Brady because he's still playing, mm. Lorenzo Neal because fullbacks just don't really get any sort of love, and Dwight Freeney because he's only retired not too long ago. And Richard Seymour's been a finalist three times. Every other player is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. And Freeney might get in Freeney as well. Freeney should get there. Freeney so will that, get there. To go through that team of the 2000s, you had Ed Reed, Brian Dawkins, Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey, Brian Olacker, Ray Lewis, Derek Brooks, Richard Seymour, Warren Sapp, defense. Michael Strahan, Dwight Freeney. <laughs> um, Could you imagine? Kevin Mawai, Steve Hutchinson, Alan Fanneker, <laughs> Jonathan Elgood, Ogden, Walter Jones, Tony Gonzalez, Randy Moss, there we go. Terrell Owens. Offensive. No, Terrell Owens. Uh, Marvin Harrison, Lorenzo Neal said, LaDainian Tomlinson and Edwin James. But that also doesn't include the ones who are second team like Peyton Manning, uh, Orlando Pace, Willie Rofe, Larry Allen, Will Shields, yeah. Jason Taylor, Ty Law, my boy Troy, and Tony Dungy is the coach. So I think if you make yeah. the all-decade team for the NFL, you kind of have to... You don't have to be in the don't have to be in the Hall of Fame, but if you're in the first team, it's hard to make the argument that you shouldn't be. You're in the first team. You're one of the dominant players of that decade, and now he's got two rings, albeit without then, lifting a finger. Yeah, that's the thing. So those two rings, <laughs> those aren't don't do, to do him they then. count? They don't count. But they do count. They as count. rings. They count as rings, but they just he wasn't an yeah. integral part of it. But those teams for the Eagles and the early bits of the Bills, where they were just running all over the place, that was all down to Shady McCoy. I do love that he's got two rings for nothing after like working his ass off in Philadelphia and yeah. Buffalo and I mean, getting nothing nice. from it. It's like, yeah, okay, back you to get back these. as well. Yeah, back to back ring winner. Back to back with two different teams, which is something that not many people have done before. So yeah, very famously done by Deion Sanders. Um, so would you? I mean, the thing about in terms of like wanting someone's career is, or Julian Edelman will go down as one of the more beloved players, I think, for any team. Yeah. And I don't know if Shady McCoy is going to go down. I mean, the I don't know if Philly likes anything, even themselves. But <laughs> Once he left, um, he's dead to us. Uh, they like cheesesteaks <laughs> and they love Rocky. Get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost alone. <laughs> yeah. You don't want a statue of Joe Frazier? Give me a Get break. out of it. What's he ever Racist done? City. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure he gave Muhammad Ali uh, Parkinson's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beloved athlete that he ruined. <laughs> That's a Philly move, to be fair. It is. Yeah, that's very Philly, actually. <laughs> badass. Um, yeah, the thing is, though, if you ever play the place of one team his entire career, it's always going to be loved by... The, not, not always going to be loved. It's more likely to be loved by the team he plays for, of course. I wouldn't say that Bills fans love Julian Edelman. I wouldn't say Falcons fans love Julian Edelman. No, but do you think... No, 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 no. But I'm, just, but I'm just talking about their... I'm just talking about the career that you would want. And I think that's one of the checks that I want, is like... Was I like oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, beloved yeah, okay. by the yeah, fan yeah. base and um, turned up in big know, moments for one team and so. stuck it out till the end. Yeah, that's that's a good story. I think I'd and take Shady McCoy because he seems like he's healthier because he hasn't, yeah. had to, hasn't had to retire because of injury. I think I'd take Shady just because he had that awesome slow mo run in slow mo that you see in the snow in Detroit. It just looks so cool. Well, against Detroit, yeah, sorry, in the snow, it was wicked. It's like a huge oh, snowstorm. Can you send me that? Yeah, it's an amazing know. game, and he, yeah, okay. it's, um, and he's an ex-eagle. So, uh, quick one on uh, Trevor Lawrence. 
His quote, I'm passionate about what I do and it's really important to me, but I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I can't manufacture that and I don't want to. Now, oh, he's going to fail. I was going to say, that screams to me doesn't have the Jordan element. Doesn't nope. have the Brady he's element. He's going to die in Jacksonville. That's oh, terrible. You've got to have, you've got to have the chip. You've got to have an edge. You've got to be able to manufacture the chip. That's what the best do, isn't it? They create the chip on their shoulder. There's a lot of nice guys that have been super successful, though, so I don't know about that. I don't know if you have to be... Name them. Uh, you don't have to have a Who? chip on your shoulder. Troy, Troy Polamalu seems like a lovely fellow. Yeah, no, but he wasn't a quarterback. And also, he wasn't a lovely okay. fellow when he crossed the line and the whistle went. He was a maniac. Yeah, but you can... I mean, does it... So you're saying QBs have to be assholes? No, but they have to have that winning desire mentality. Troy had that. He just didn't outwardly speak it. He just had it inside him because he, as Taylor said on the uh, the McAfee show to Pat, that he spoke to God before plays and that's how he knew what was going to happen. Did Peyton Manning have like a chip on his shoulder? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That's the reason why he, the reason why he did so well was at Pro Bowls, he would get the other team's cornerbacks and linebackers drunk and get them to talk to him about their defensive scheme. That's a guy who's trying to win it every single day every single day is that right but it might be a misconstruing of what this means this quote because the chip on your shoulder means that you're to me just means that you've you've got some motivation behind the scenes most likely from your past somebody's told you that you're not good enough and that creates a psyche where you want to beat everybody no matter what but that doesn't mean that you can't get motivation from other avenues it doesn't have to come from having a chip on your shoulder you can get it from from what just being a being a competitor or not wanting to let yourself other people down like he's been successful enough already without this chip on his shoulder so i mean you can ex- this sounds like scouting talk jazz if you're going to take this to like i mean we want to talk about people got like, chips oh, on their shoulder i mean michael jordan had a chip on his shoulder kobe bryant had a chip on his shoulder Tom Brady had a big chip on his shoulder. And and to Remember just what they did. go the other way is like, there's a lot of people that say because LeBron James came through and was kind of beloved all the way from high school by the national media and kind of was, has he's he's never had that chip on his shoulder and therefore he's not, he's not, not as instinct. he's not as ruthless. He's, he's not, not the game. He's not the yeah. game finale shot maker. However much he'd want to be, he's the guy that passes to the game finale shot. He passes to Dwayne Wade. But you want Lawrence to pass. So maybe (laughs) this is a good thing. Maybe. Well, no, 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 no. Let's take it back. Because if you're basing it on LeBron, he passed the ball for the guy to take the shot. If you're in NFL, the QB is the one taking the shot every yeah, single time. So effectively, shot, what you're yeah. trying to say is that he's the guy who's going to hand it off to the running back. LeBron's the old lineman in the NFL making the play for the QB to take the shot or is the running back doing play action yeah okay I mean either way I don't think it's really going to affect him slinging the ball I, I I mean, just he don't, throws I, uh, yeah. a pretty football as much like, as I don't like yeah. people talking about Who? chips and shoulders and we always say that every single player seems to have it I think for being elite you kind of have to have that ability to bring something out of you from somewhere and that requires usually to create that chip on your shoulder. If you haven't haven't got one to begin with, good for you. But if you can't find one, you're going to struggle. Because again, like we saw in the last dance, Jordan just made stuff up to make him motivated. And then he'd just go after oh. people. Mm. He got 
Trevor Lawrence has got this far, and I think I think it's refreshing to have some honesty where he's not just he's not just making it up. Like if he's it's got you can see it coming sometimes when these like players say, you know, Ollie's picked up on it before when they've got I don't know stuff in their past if they've had some sad upbringing or they've had problems you know, at school and stuff before, they've come from a small college and then they've gone to a big college. You Anybody can find a reason to kind of get that motivation. But he's kind of saying like, I don't know. It, it, he's I just want to win. He's got other motivations outside of... Yeah, yeah my motivation to win is that I want to win. I don't want to lose. Which yeah, is fine. Maybe that's enough. Doesn't that, yeah. that, that does work. Um, and just finally, very quickly, are we excited at all? about the Garrett Clowney combination in Cleveland. And nope. do you buy the hype that Cleveland is a sneaky outside bet for the Super Bowl? Jazz. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very quick answer. Oh, Next. Yeah, that... <laughs> well I'm in I'm in I'm in the meadows, so yes. Yeah, okay. it's fine to be the meadow. The issue you have is that if you talk about the Garrett and Clowney thing, Garrett's really good, wasn't so good after he came out from COVID. Clowney how many sacks has he got in a season as a as a record sack number for him? Eight. Maybe. Maybe like that. I'm pretty sure he Jamal Adams got digits. eight one year. Yeah, I mean, he did nothing last year and he didn't blow people but out of the water. He could unleash Garrett. He's, he's still going to command. He should do. If he comes out at least well, no, one. No, he won't because you had, you had a, a Texans D-line that had Clowney, Merciless and what? And yeah. Wilfork. This is and the trouble. Clowney didn't get loads of sacks. This is the so Don't, don't the give me that shit. Uh, yeah, but JJ Watt did get a lot of sacks though. No, no, that's... But that's still through double teams. What he would, was still getting yeah, double teams. Watt what was the guy who was he was the focus of, of the thing. Presence. Uh, Doesn't matter. True, yeah. you, you can have three on I mean, him. You know, I, I'm, I don't think. I don't know. Like we shouldn't He's be excited about Clowney at any, any team. Really, after last year, he was very disappointing. So. Yeah. Give me stats. Where's the stats? Hold on. But he's played eighty-three games. Excited about stuff in the He's had thirty-two sacks. That's not good enough for a first overall pick. With his athleticism, I think you're going to see uh, Mayfield having a good year. Nine and a half you're sacks be is the top he's got. You're going to be unsurprised to hear from me. He got no sacks he's last year. Now. So that's the podcast. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Return the Picks. That's at Return the Picks. You can follow myself, O underscore J underscore Wilson, O underscore J underscore Wilson, David Bluck one on Twitter and at Jazz Gillum. And we'll be back at some point in the next few weeks, I'm sure, to talk a little bit more American football. Until then, take care, stay safe. We'll be back very soon indeed. <laughs>